The Discover College Soccer Podcast is sponsored by VO. VO is the number one AI camera solution helping players capture college recruitment videos. Check out their new starter and family options by clicking on the link in the description or visit Discover College Soccer to learn more. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Brian from the Rochester Community and Technical College in Minnesota, not Rochester, New York. Welcome, Coach. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, Rochester is kind of like one of those cities like Columbus. There's a bunch of them. You just got to decide which state you're in, right? Right. Well, the other Rochester College, they're actually the Yellow Jackets as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, that doesn't get confusing at all. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, I appreciate you being here. Um, you know, you guys are a two-year program up in Minnesota. Um, in terms of, let's start with recruiting. You know, you and I are yeah. talking end of July. I'm sure you get a couple weeks before the season kicks off. But one of the things that is, I guess, notorious about junior colleges is you're always recruiting, right? You guys got to right. be recruiting twice as much as everybody else. So, uh, is your 23 class locked and loaded for the fall? Or are you still trying to close out one or two more before the season starts? What's that look like? I'm still trying to close out like five. <laughs> we had 23 on the roster last year. Uh, 17 of them are sophomores. So we lost 17 of sophomores. Then we lost three freshmen. Uh, they had 60 plus credits. So they're transferring on academically. Um, so we had three returners. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's a complete reload. Um, another product to the COVID, right? Yeah. Two classes of students that hadn't played. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're recovering. So uh, of that, of those 17 players that are moving on, uh, you know, how many of them who want to go play at a four-year program are having that opportunity? All of the girls that want to are. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, not very many of them did. So what RCTC is probably most known for is our connection to Mayo Clinic, uh, which is the number one hospital in the country. So they run all of our medical programs. So I had 14 nursing majors on the team last year. Wow. So a lot of those girls are not transferring on. Um, they're staying at RCTC and then they're, they have their foot in the door at Mayo and they're going to go to Mayo. Wow. Um, that. That's a that, that's an amazing connection. I know I've I've talked with other coaches and and parents who ask this question, and it seems like nursing tends to be the the hot button major, right? It seems right. to there there are schools who say we welcome it, uh, our student athletes to be in nursing, and then there are schools who say we advise against you playing soccer and doing right. nursing at the same time. So the fact that you guys not only embrace it but the connection with Mayo is is, is quite amazing. Yeah, it, it, it is a tough thing, especially for the transfer students, because you're usually transferring after your sophomore year into your junior year, and that's usually the year for clinicals, which is the toughest year. So our nursing kids just don't really transfer on to play. Well, it so makes sense. Know, and they're focused, right? They know what they want to do for the rest of their life, and they're focused. And, you know, it's a it's a calling to be a nurse, right? So well, so they're they're set. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, so what have you been doing to to help with this reload? Kind of what are some of the events that you go to? Where do you focus your recruiting on year in and year out? So for events, we stay local, um, you know, try to hit the local kids. It's 
the tournaments and the showcases really aren't that great for me. Um, it's how many high school and local club games can I get to? How many kids can I meet face to face and build a relationship with? Um, so that's where the bulk of our players come from. Um, but even that switches year to year, it cycles in and out where we'll have one year where half of our players are out of state. And then last year, I think, I think we had two kids that were out of state last year. Hmm. Okay. So, so whether it's at an event or a high school game or a club game, what are some of the things that make up your kind of, uh, hierarchy of, of traits that, that make you want to offer a student athlete, whether that's on the field stuff or off the field stuff? Yeah, I mean, all coaches want it all. You know, we want it all. Um, certainly the red flags will get you dropped off real quick. You know, uh, being a bad teammate will will get you knocked out of our recruiting immediately. Um, I mostly like to see that they are involved in play, that they're not, you know, the ball's on the other side of the field. So now's a good time for me to just kind of walk around and catch a breather right. We're looking for girls that, can support and pass and move and um high effort kids right yeah for sure love that well in terms of your just the, the kids coming into school you mentioned some in-state out-of-state it fluctuates you know obviously as a parent one of my biggest concerns okay what's this what's this going to cost me right mm-hmm. um and but, but the one thing that's great about junior colleges is the the affordability. So assuming, and I'm not holding you to hard numbers here, but let's just say my daughter down here in Florida says, Hey, I want to be a nurse. I think going to RCTs would be great to work at Mayo. This would be great to play soccer. Kind of what, what would an out-of-state student athlete be looking at from a cost perspective, just in terms of what aid is available, but either academically, or do you guys offer athletic money? Kind of just an overall picture of what that looks like. So we're D3, so we don't have athletic money. Um, Tuition, fees, and books combined is about 6200 for the year. And that's whether you're from Rochester, Florida, or Japan. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any out-of-state or international price hikes. Um, so so we're pretty affordable. Um, and then we do have other financial aid, um, academic, need-based, um, uh, career path-based scholarships. Um and they, they go unclaimed every year. Wow. So, you know, I tell my team there's 80 scholarships unclaimed. Apply for all of them, you know. So so I think, I think they average, you know, between 500 to 1,500 for for scholarships. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it's something that gets talked about all the time. But uh, for sure, there are always scholarships out there. And a lot of them, you'd be surprised at how few people are applying, if any at all, right? Right. And well, I have to track those for the four-year schools. You know, where, where do my players best fit? What is the best situation for them after RCTC? So the, the scholarship situations are different at all the schools. None of them are the same. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, let's talk about more about RCTC. Obviously you mentioned the connection to Mayo, but you know, you've been there for a few years, kind of what have you found to be the, the, the great things, the things that make it stand out, maybe some things we wouldn't even learn by just going through the website. Um, well, our athletic facilities are really good. Um, not just for a JUCO, but just for college in general. Um, we have a newer turf field that has a 
a winter bubble dome. Um, so that's up, you know, unfortunately it's Minnesota. So that thing's up from November to April probably. And then we have 14 grass fields on campus, full size fields. And then we have the, uh, the indoor sports center with the, you know, the all weather rubber surface. And mm. then we can do uh, four futsal fields in there. So, you know, with the weight rooms and the aerobic rooms and all of that, we are never lacking for options for practice, even on the days where you get some lightning and you have to go inside. Um, and then, you know, tutoring is really, really good at RCTC. So we haven't had a problem as a team academically um, because we have so many nursing majors. Um, they have to keep that GPA way up, right? And then with some of our other competitive programs, um, they need high GPAs as well. And then the girls that are focused on transferring, you know, need to keep the GPA up. But for those that do need some help, um, we have a really good tutoring center. Um, what else? And then, you know, I guess if it, if our city is a good fit, you know, we're we're a safe city of 130,000 people. Um, and anything that we don't have, Minneapolis has about an hour away. Um, so I haven't heard too many recruits say that Rochester isn't a good fit. So it's not like we're in the middle of Iowa and everything is an hour and a half away. Or my last college, we were in the middle of Alabama and the nearest mall was two hours away, you know, so Rochester seems to fit most people. Well, it sounds like it. Well, <clears throat> let's kind of fast forward uh, a couple months and assume we're, we're in the meat of the season. Kind of, can you walk me through what would a typical week look like for, for one of your players in terms of when are classes, practices, meals, what your game cadence look like, kind of what would they be in for during the season? Yeah, so um, after our two-a-days are over for the rest of the year, we just go 3.30 to 5.30 Monday through Friday for practices. Um, most Saturdays we have games. Uh, usually we'll have a Wednesday game as well. Uh, Sundays are off. Um, that's our recovery day. Mondays are off. Um, if we've had a hard week of games, double games, or a Sunday game or whatever, we we really, really focus on staying healthy. Um you know, that's so big in college soccer is it's way more physical than any high school club game they've played in. Um, and our trainers are Mayo Clinic trainers. Um, so they're in great hands. So we just every day I go through and um, what can Jenna do today? What can't she do? What can Caitlin do? What can't she do? Uh, et cetera. Um, we have not needed team study halls. Um, our team GPA is like a three, six. Um, so we don't have it. Um, I work with kids on a one-on-one -on -one level. For those that need some help, um, we because we're D three in JUCO, I have not had a set. Everybody's lifting at this time as a team. Um, they kind of lift in their own groups. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when 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 it's convenient for them. So some girls after practice, some are meeting in the morning. Some don't have Tuesday or Thursday class, so they go on those days. Um, so they're really accountable to themselves. Um, and then our spring season is, is only a month. So we do three, three practices a week for four weeks and, end with a little, um, like mini tournament with NCAA schools. So we're the only Juco, um, trying to take on some NCAA D3 schools. Um, and then game days, 
Um, two hours before practice, we do a optional fruit, granola, and music thing. And um, I think we get 99% attendance for that thing because it's free food, right, and music. And then hour and a half before game, we do the coach chat. And then an hour is mental and physical prep for the game on the field. Uh, lo lo love hearing that. That's some some good involvement. Both, I mean, you're you're hitting all the bases there from a nutrition standpoint, the mental side, and and as well as the physical warm up side. That's that's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the the soccer side uh, and game day. I know, obviously, you said you're rebuilding the roster, but is there is there a roster size that you find is ideal that you're trying to hit every year, or is it just always in flux? Yeah, so in the non-COVID years, it's 19 is kind of my preferred number. Um, we like to be the stepping stone for the kids to move on and play. Um, and you're not going to do that sitting on the bench. So, you know, sometimes it might be a detriment to the team. I don't carry more than two goalies. Um, the second goalie's not going to play unless the first one gets hurt. So we don't sub just to sub, right? Um, and then same with the field players. You know, I just, you know, 16, 17, we'll play a game and we have a couple more, you know, for practice players or local players or whatever, um, or injuries happen. Um, during the COVID season, we, we cranked it up to 23 because we knew if we lost one kid, we're probably losing four or five, you know, um, but 19 is our target number. Okay. Well, what what about staff? Is there anybody else on staff besides yourself? Kind of, if so, what role do they play? So part-time assistant coach, usually I try to find somebody that can work the keepers and hopefully they can also do some defensive responsibility as well. Um, but mostly just, just to the keepers. So then I take everybody else. Okay. Well, how would you describe your, your style of coaching and, and the team style of play on the field? Oh, I let the players play. Um, they're not going to hear much from me um, during play. I'm not not the screamer coach. Um, if there's something to be corrected, we'll sub you off and chat about it and then send you back on. Um, and then practices, well, I just try to keep them engaged. And we usually, we usually don't do the same drill more than once a season. Um, we probably throw in a more than healthy amount of team bonding fun drills as well. Um, everything is soccer related, uh, everything. So we don't really run off the ball. Um, if we're, if we're doing cardio, it's, it's with a ball at the feet, you know, um, we have three weeks of practice before our first game. So we can definitely get you game shape. Um, without doing two mile runs. So um, I don't know if I answered the question or not, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, everybody has their own uh, spin and the way that they look at things. And, and I always like to, to hear from the coaches with, with their kind of what I, what lens they're, they're looking at things through. So, so absolutely. Well, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about, about the, the school and recruiting and, and the soccer side of things. And, you know, I always like to end these with, uh, you know, as a college coach, if you had one nugget, one piece of advice, information that you wish every parent, player, family going through the college recruiting process knew, what would that be? Oh, I don't know. Um, it, it just doesn't happen by whim, right? You have to, 
you have to put in some work and some mental energy to make it happen. You know, and I've seen that on any level you can think of. I'm, you know, recruiting the high schoolers, sending off the JUCO kids, and my kid played for me. And so I've seen I've seen the recruiting process on pretty much any scenario. It's you gotta do your homework. You gotta look at schools, meet coaches, see see campuses and and it takes time um so definitely put in put in effort you know that way and then there's a college situation for almost every player if you contributed to your high school club team there's a there's a team that will take you for sure um and i think a lot of kids don't think about that a lot of fortunately a lot of coaches are only thinking about their top kid or two um, and not thinking about the other handful of kids that do have an interest in playing on. Um, so there's an opportunity out there for most people. Yeah, couldn't agree more with with both those sentiments. Uh, it's definitely something I preach here on Discover College Soccer. you got to put in the work, but it's not as hard as you think it is. Right. And we've got some resources to help you, but you do have to put in that work. And, and there is a spot for everybody. So hopefully... Right. Hopefully they can find their right fit. And perhaps for somebody listening, your right fit might be up there in Rochester. So, Coach, really thank you for your time. Wish you the best of luck this season. Hopefully you can finish that rebuild here right. with a few weeks uh, left to go. Yep. And uh, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll check in with you and see, see how things went, all right? Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates. There's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there.